0: Brand new series uh, for a brand new year. Um, for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about God and our bod. Talk about God and our bodies, right? And this, um, this is a series, like sometimes preachers have different crockpots and there's an idea kind of simmering in the crockpot. This idea has been simmering in a, in a, in a crockpot for a long time for me, okay? And, and I haven't preached for the last two weeks, Get comfortable, okay? Um, but this, this idea for this series kind of came from another sermon series I heard years and years and years ago uh, from another pastor. And, and, and the one idea that I'm kind of taking and just kind of expanding on is he talked about the difference between body worshipers and body neglectors. Okay, so we're gonna think of these two things as as opposites. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay? Kinda like this. The body worshippers over here, body neglectors are over here. And and just, just so you know, I don't think most people are on the extreme ends of the spectrum. I think we lean one way or another, um, and, and we can think of other people who are further or more extreme than us. Like if, if you're on the body worshiper side of the spectrum, maybe you take one handful of vitamins every day, but you know somebody who takes two handfuls, of vitamins every day, or you work out five times a week, but you know somebody who works out seven times a week, and they're like, they're extreme. You know anybody like that? Anybody know? Okay, they're way, way, way out there. Um, you you, you kind of take pride in, in how you look and, and how you dress and being fit, but you know somebody who had plastic surgery to look fit, right? In fact, how many of you had plastic surgery? Anybody? <laughs> got really, really self-conscious there for a second, didn't you, okay? The point is, maybe you're into nutrition, maybe you're into exercise, maybe you're into health, but you know somebody who's way into that stuff, okay? The other side um, of the spectrum is the neglector. Those are the people who, who eat too much, drink too much, smoke too much. Their motto in life is, I know, I know, I know, right? Their mission statement is, I can change if I have to, I guess, (laughs) right? And 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 their 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 doctor has told them, their spouse has told them, their kids have told them. Like some of you have adult, like your 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 parents. You go to your parents over. Mom, you got to stop doing that. Dad, you got you got to start doing this. You got to change your habits. But they're they're not going to change. These are these are the people who have a a treadmill or an exercise bike in their house but they don't know where it is because it's under a a heap of clothes and junk, right? They drink diet soda because they think the word diet on this can is gonna help them, okay? These are the body neglecters, and they lean in that direction, but they know people who are way, way over on the extremes. And isn't, isn't it interesting? I'm probably gonna resurface some arguments among spouses. Isn't it interesting how opposites attract? Like you're a body worshiper, and you probably married a body neglecter, so you grind your own wheat to make him pie. Right? Complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Or, or your kids love going to breakfast with mom because they get real bacon. And at home, dad makes them eat turkey bacon. Ugh. Right? Can you tell which side of the spectrum I'm on? Right? It's like the, the opposites attract. And it's also interesting how there's emotion attached to each side. Like when it comes to body worshipers, there's a little bit of pride in you because, because you're, 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 you're happy with what you've done and you've worked hard and there's no way I'm going to put that in my body. In fact, a little bit earlier when I started kind of poking fun of body worshipers, you went, watch it, preacher, man. Right? There's a little bit of pride in you. And then on the other side, the body neglecters, there's a little bit of guilt. Right? Because there's certain people you can't even be around because they're healthy and they're exercise nuts and they're fit. And you just, "Ah, I just don't want to be around them because you have this little bit of guilt. So regardless of what side, there's emotion attached to it. There's either pride or there's guilt. And, and some of you are already thinking, why in the world are we talking about this in church? Like, is he getting ready to sell us some kind of lifestyle product? Right? It's kind of what it sounds like, doesn't it? Like, isn't church about Jesus and God and Moses? Shouldn't we be talking about some of that stuff? Tim, talk about prayer, right? Why in the world are we talking about this? There's a couple reasons we want to talk about it. If, if you don't already know this, you'll be amazed at how much the Bible has to say about your body. And the Bible addresses the body worshipers and the body neglecters and everything in between. So that's the first reason. Um, The second reason, this is, and this is, you know, for those of you who are followers of Jesus, like I'm talking directly to you today. But those of you who aren't, you're not sure what you believe, or maybe, you know, it's the first of the year. So you thought you'd get back to church and give it one more try. It's great. We love that you're here. But this is for everybody, Okay. The second reason is for everybody because regardless of that, where you're at in relation to God, as you move to the extremes, the further you get to the to, to extreme, neglecting or worshiping, you put unnecessary pressure on the people you love the most. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, one thing is for sure. If you move to the extreme of worshiping or move to the extreme of neglecting, your body, you will eventually strain the relationships with the people you love the most. Your body may be your body, but the way you treat it will eventually impact some other body that loves you. So example, for those of you who are alcoholics, you, you might be creating tension in your family because you're a little bit extreme. Your husband Your kids, your wife, they feel like you spend more time with the people at the gym or the people on that video than you do with them. And it's creating a little bit of tension and and you hide behind, but it's healthy. It's healthy. It's healthy. Nothing wrong with healthy. Nothing wrong with exercise. Nothing wrong with being fit. But when it starts to take a toll on relationship, it's gone too far. It's gone. And, and for the other side, for those of you who you know, lean towards the neglector side, maybe you've never thought about this. You probably have. But by neglecting your body, you will eventually impose on some other bodies. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you force the people around you to eventually take care of yourself. And you hide behind, but it's my body. It's my body and my mama was this way and her mama was this way and her mama was this way and Eve was this way. Tim, I can go all the way back to Genesis 1 here. And it's my body. One side hides behind pride. The other side hides behind freedom. It's mine. This is mine. You refuse to deal with that stuff. At some point, it starts to take a toll on relationships. And here's what that has to do with Jesus. Jesus. We can't be right here and be wrong here. We think we can. We think we can say, well, I hate her, but I love God. I can't stand him, but I love worshiping Jesus. And God goes, whoa, 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 time out. As you do to them, you do to me. Number one, love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second one is love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. That includes your family. And we could be creating this unnecessary tension in our relationships if we live at one extreme or the other. One side hides behind health, the other side hides behind freedom and rights. But the truth is, both extremes are hiding behind a form of self-centeredness. And self-centeredness always creates tension in relationships. So the good news, at least from my perspective, the good news is that the Bible actually offers a solution to those extremes, and I think everything in between. And the solution, like the solution is not balance. We, we want to we wanna go, well, maybe it's just about balance. Maybe these people should come this way and these people should come this way. And the neglectors kind of think, yeah, I should probably go their way. And all the worshipers go, there's no way in Planet Fitness I'm going their direction. <laughs> right? So we think that the, it, it's about balance, but it's not about balance. The solution is Perspective. The solution is perspective. And in scripture, God gives us his perspective on our bodies. And if we can adopt that perspective, you don't have to become less healthy. You don't have to give up your fun and enjoyment. You don't have to stop doing those habits that are good for you. But it radically transforms our minds, It transforms how we view ourselves, how we live in relationship with our own bodies, and how we live in relationship with the other bodies around us. So it's not about balance. It's about perspective. And so as we kick off this series, there's one passage I want us to look at today um, written to a group of people that were operating with a wrong perspective about the body. And if you listen carefully, you'll notice that 2,000 years later, there are still people who operate with this perspective. Here's what they thought. They thought um, you had a spirit, and, and it was part of your spiritual life, and then on the other hand, you have this physical dying body. And so they would worship God. They would worship God with their spirit, their heart, their emotions, their focus, their attention. And then they would leave, and they would do the most immoral things you could possibly do with your body. And because they thought, well, sexual immorality, that's a body thing. That's not a spirit thing. And those those two things, your spiritual life is over here, your body life is over here, and never the two shall meet. And they lived with this dichotomous relationship between their body and their spirit. And, and when you hear that, like especially if you, you're born and raised in church, you go, who would be so dumb to do that? Right? We do. We do. Because because we, we come to church and there's all this emotion, there's all this spirit, there's all this attention and focus, and, and we're, we're worshiping in spirit, and then we leave, and we either neglect or we worship. We either go so far over here that, you know, well, it's my body, and I can do whatever I want with it, or we become obsessive-compulsive, and we don't see that as a spiritual issue. There, there are body issues, there are spiritual issues, and... We're not going to cross those two. We're going to leave those two. So if, if you lean toward the neglector side, you've never thought of your neglect as a spiritual issue? It is. And if you lean towards the worship side, you've never thought that as a spiritual issue? It is. It is. And those of you who go really, really deep into that, either side, it's a spiritual issue because of how God designed your body and because of what he thinks about your body, his perspective on your body. So, Bible or mobile device, and you want to follow along, I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, okay? This was written to a group of Jesus followers. These were not pagans. These were not people who didn't believe. These were people who believed in Jesus. They had placed their faith in Jesus. <laughs> but they lived in, in this town called Corinth, very pagan town, um, just completely impacted by Greek culture and philosophy. And in part of this first letter to the Corinthians, Paul addresses this dualistic body versus spirit kind of thinking that they had adopted. And my goal in part one of this series is simply to focus on this one central idea of how God views our body. Because I've said, as I've said before, if we can begin to see as God sees we will be more readily available to do as God says. If we can see as he sees, if we can see his perspective more clearly, we'll be more apt to obey. We'll be more apt to do what he says. And when it, the reason we go to extremes when it comes to our body is because we don't view our body the way God views it. And in 1 Corinthians 6, we get a very clear picture of how God views our body. 1 Corinthians 6, starting in verse 19, here we go. Do you not know? Paul said that because they didn't know. Do you not know that your bodies are, what's it say? Temples. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So God's perspective on your body. The way that he views your body is as a temple. And, and Paul uses this analogy. And when these Corinthians heard this immediately, they, they thought of something that came to mind because they had a huge temple right in the middle of their city. It was a temple to the goddess Aphrodite. And so when they heard this, they knew exactly what Paul was talking about. Because to them, a temple was a place whose sole purpose was to go and worship a deity. You go to the temple to worship, to sacrifice, to give your time, to give your attention, to give your money, all of these things to a deity. The Jews had a temple in the Old Testament. It's where they went, where they believed the Spirit of God dwelt, and they went there to worship Yahweh, to sacrifice for, for the cleansing of their sins, and they could connect with him the best that they, they knew how. That was, that was temple. It was all about worship. So, so Paul says, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but let me tell you how God views your body. It's a temple. And for those of you who, who have placed your faith in Jesus, he would say, The Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your physical body. That there's actually a piece of deity in you. Goes on, gets really practical. He's still asking the question, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God? Like, didn't you know when you decided to follow Jesus, God gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit? And here it is. You are not your own. Pause. Some of you have not liked anything I've said up to this point, and you don't really, you hate this because you're American, (laughs) right? You are not your own. This was new news to them. Maybe it's new news to you. I don't know, but he's not talking about their spirit He's not talking about their their focus or their attitude or their emotions that they have, they feel towards God. He's not talking about their future after they die. He's talking about their physical bodies. That thing that you spend so much time and energy and money on is not yours. And that thing that you neglect and have a lot of guilt about and it's not what it used to be and one day, someday, it's not yours. And God is saying through Paul, I know you think it's yours because and part of the reason we think it's ours is because God gives us freedom to do whatever we want with it because that's how he operates. So it's not yours, but the way I view it, your body, it's not your own. And we're going to see why here in a second. But I want you to think about this. Parents, would you like to know God's perspective on your kids? Would you like to know how God views your kids? Would you like to know how God views your job, your career, your your retirement? Do you want to know how God views your money? Do you want to know how God views your future? Would you like a glimpse of God's perspective on your future? I want to know what God thinks about all of that stuff. And here in 1 Corinthians 6, he clearly lays out how God views your body. You never have to question it. You never have to wonder. You never have to go, huh, I wonder. No, it is so clear. God views your body as a temple that houses something precious and holy and is not yours. It's not yours. He tells us why in verse 20. You are not your own. Followers of Jesus, you were bought at a price. Therefore, here's the application. Honor God with your bodies. If you want to know what God wants you to do with your body, don't worship it, don't neglect it. Honor him with it. Like, that's it. Use your body to reflect and to honor him. Reflect his love, his grace, his character, his patience, his mercy. Reflect all of those things. In his direction with your body. And then I want to show you one real quick verse in Colossians. Don't turn there. We'll just throw it up on the screen. I just want to add this verse to the the passage we just looked at to kind of build the case for where we're going over the next couple weeks. Here's something else Paul taught about this to another group of Christians. He says this about Jesus. For in him, Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities... All things in Greek, the word all means all things have been created through him and for him. So I want to take 1 Corinthians 1.16 and put it together with this passage from 1 Corinthians or Colossians 1.16, put it together with a passage from 1 Corinthians 6. Here's what you get. Here's the bottom line for the entire series. Your body was created by Jesus for Jesus to honor Jesus. Just let it sit. Your body was created by Jesus, for Jesus, to honor Jesus. What if Paul was serious about this? What if God is serious about this? What should that do? How should we respond? What changes should I make? If my body was created by Jesus for Jesus to honor Jesus, what does that mean for me, for you? And if you still don't think this has anything to do with your spirituality, your relationship with God, let me throw one more thing out, okay? And then we'll head towards home. There is a very important relationship between everything that's created and the creator, Okay, even if it's, think of something that you've created. You created it on purpose. You created it for a purpose, even if it was a sandcastle that you knew wasn't going to last a night. You created it to, to experience joy, to see if you could, because your kids wanted you to, because your kids wanted to see what it was like, whatever it was. Everything is created for a purpose from sandcastles to SpaceX rockets, Everything is created for a purpose. And if you believe there's a God that created you, for you to ever find your purpose in life, for you to ever feel like you're here for a reason, you have to feel plugged in. You have to be connected to that creator because it's only in the creator that the created finds its purpose. And we know this to be true with the things that we create. And when we're young, we don't think about this a whole lot. 20 years ago, I didn't think about this a whole lot. But the, the older you get, the more the big questions start to come in. Why am I here? Like, what, what am I supposed to do, <laughs> right? Is it just the, the week after week, day after day, month after month, year after year grind? And, and I graduate from high school and I leave home or I get a job or I go to college and then I meet somebody and I get married and I have kids and then I have a mortgage and then I pay off my mortgage and then I have grandkids and then I retire and then I die. Is that it? Like you don't think about that when you're 20. You think about that when you hit about 35-ish. Why? Why am I here? What's my purpose? That all stems from the issue of purpose? Is there something beyond all of that? And the answer for the created can only be found in the creator. To bring it back to what we're talking about, God created your body and he created it for a purpose. He created it for a reason. And to understand your purpose, our purpose for our bodies, we have to understand how it's connected to the Creator. And if we don't understand that, of course we're going to go to extremes. Of course we'll go, who cares? It's dying anyway. Of course we're going to say on the other side, well, let's make it last for as long as possible and who cares what it does to people around me. God created our bodies on purpose and if we can lock in on that purpose, something happens on the inside of us that affects the outside of us. Something happens internally that finds its way out externally. And we're gonna talk about this for several weeks, but do you know, do you know what the purpose of your body is? Your body was created by Jesus, for Jesus, to honor Jesus. And the best thing, it's God's best for you. The best thing you can ever do with your physical body is to align it with the purposes of Jesus. That is that's a resolution that exceeds all other resolutions, right? It goes way beyond what you do in January. It goes all the way until your dying breath. How do I honor Jesus with my body? Okay, so to to wrap this up, I want to talk to to both sides of the the equation, okay? I want to talk to the body worshipers and the body neglecters, and I'm going to start with body neglecters because that's my side. Those are my people, okay? The body neglecters. Um, To those of you who lean more towards the body neglecter side of the spectrum, here's my question. What do you call it when you take something that's created to be sacred and use it for non-sacred purposes? Let me give you an example. Um, What if I wanted to start a fire and I took my Bible and I just started ripping pages out of my Bible to start the fire? What would we call that? Blasphemy, sacrilege, right? I can't find my hammer, but I got a crucifix. I'll just use this. That, that's, that's sacrilege. That's blasphemy, right? So how do you think God views it? When you take your body and use it for things it's not made to do. What do you think when you go outside of God's purpose for your body, when you, t- you abuse or neglect your temple? What does it do to the heart of God? When we take that gift that He's given us and use it for other purposes. The body, come on, follower of Jesus, the body He purchased with His Son's blood. What does that do to the heart of God? To do something with the created that it wasn't created for. Listen, I love the Bible but the Bible has not been given temple status. Your body has. I love the cross. I love what it represents. I love focusing on it. I love what it means for us, the the event in history that actually happened, but the cross has not been given temple status. Your body has. I love this building. I love coming into this place with you. I, I work here. I spend more time here than any other place besides home. This building has not been given temple status. Your body has. The very spirit, come on, the very spirit of God dwells in you. What does it look like to honor God with your body? Isn't there something sacrilegious about taking the thing that's meant to honor God and neglecting it to say it's my body? I'll do whatever I want. That dies off a few years early, that's nobody's business but mine. I can, I can be with whoever I want. I can do whatever I want. Do you see the dissonance there? Did you not know? Did you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That you're not to neglect it. You're to honor Jesus with it. And for the other side, those of you who are toward the body worshiper side, you're feeling pretty good right now, but let me ask you a question. What do you call it when somebody worships the created above the creator? Idolatry. idolatry. It's called idolatry. When you worship creation above the creator. And if you read the Bible, Old Testament and New, God is anti-idolatry. He doesn't like it. He hates it. Okay? And if, if you think I'm going too far with this, if you are thinking I don't worship my body, Tim, here's what I would just encourage you to do. Okay? And, and you're going to feel that pride coming up, but just hang with me. Okay? Take your calendar, take your checkbook, remove all the essential stuff. You got to spend time with your family. You got to raise your kids. You got to buy clothes and shelter and food and all that stuff. I'm not talking about that stuff. Remove the essentials from your checkbook and your calendar and then figure out how much time and money you spend on your body versus how much time and money you spend on God's kingdom and see Which one comes out? And if it comes out that you're spending more time and money on your body than than you do on God's kingdom, I hate to tell you, but you have placed more worth on your body than God's kingdom. That's what worship is. It's placing worth on something. And I know you don't think like that. I know you don't stand in front of the mirror and sing praises to yourself. It's Tim alone, cornerstone. Weak made strong in the pastor's love. You don't, you don't think that. In the husband's love, you don't think that, okay? You've never once worshipped yourself like that, but here's the deal. If you invest in amounts of time and money and energy on your body, you might not even be meaning to, but you might be worshipping your health. You might be worshipping Exercise, you might be worshiping your body and health and looks, and your body they're not bad. But the question is when you weigh it against what you're doing to build God's kingdom, to which are you ascribing greater worth? Because that's what you're worshiping more. If you'll never be skinny enough, fit enough, healthy enough, strong enough you've allowed a good thing to become the ultimate thing. And I'm not saying you should stop exercising or eating right or anything of that, but maybe what you should do is do an audit on the time and money and energy you spend doing those things versus the time, energy, and money you spend on God's kingdom and reallocate it. Did you not know? Did you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? You're not to worship it. It was created by Jesus, for Jesus, to honor Jesus. So two closing questions I want to ask. Again, I've been dealing with this for years, so now you get to deal with it with me, okay? Two questions. We'll come back next week. Next week, we're going to talk about our eyes. What does it look like to honor God with our eyes? Okay? You're going to just break this down. After that, it's your ears, it's our feet, it's our hands. What does that look like practically? But here are two questions I'm going to leave you with, um, and then we'll be done. One's really practical, the other's kind of theoretical. Here's the practical one. Are there people in your life that you love, but you're hurting because of your extremes? Are there people in your life that you love, but you're hurting because of your extremes? Are you neglecting your body in such a way that it could potentially hurt the people you love the most? Have you ever said to yourself, I got to raise my hand, it's my body? If you want to go do that health thing, you go ahead. But it's my body. Have you ever said that? You could be potentially hurting the people you love the most. Or on the other side of the spectrum, are there people in your life that feel neglected because you worry so much about your body? Because I don't want to get sick, and I don't want to look unfit, and I'll never go back to looking like that again. Whatever it is, are there people in your life that feel neglected because you spend so much time and attention on your body? Hurting other people you love because of neglect or worship clearly doesn't bring honor to Jesus. It doesn't honor him. So what do we do about that? Is there a conversation that needs to be had? Is there a conversation that needs to be furthered? Maybe it starts with a conversation here and moves to a conversation here. I don't know. But what do you do with that? And then the second question. This is the kind of the theoretical one. What would it look like for you to honor God with your body? What would this look like with your hands, with your eyes, with your feet, with your ears? The Bible talks about the heart. What does it look like to honor God with your heart? What? Yes, absolutely. It's dying. It's dying. It's temporary. But in the meantime, it's a temple to be used to bring glory and honor to Jesus. And when that becomes our perspective, we back away from the extremes. We honor other people. And we might find some contentment, some joy that maybe we didn't have before. Because we'll be lining up the purposes of our bodies with the purpose that was given by our Father in heaven. So here it is. Your body's a temple. It was created by Jesus, for Jesus, to honor Jesus. And next week, we'll talk about how to honor him with our eyes. Okay? So we will see you next week. Sorry. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, thanks for your word. Thanks for, um, even, thanks for the challenge to me. Um, God, would you give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard today, with what you've said today, and then the, the, the courage to walk out of this place and to do it. God, would you speak to us throughout the rest of this series, help us to know what you want for us and what you want for the people around us. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name.